Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom, and in that regards, I'm always looking for entrepreneurs, people with similar backgrounds, changing the world, and sharing those conversations with you. So today, we have Mane, and um, she is the founder and CEO of Station Rove Blog, and it talks about money, entrepreneurship, business development. So today, we're going to talk all about entrepreneurship, digital entrepreneurship, background, making it in today's world. And so with that, uh, welcome, Moni, to the show. Welcome. Welcome. How are you? Good. Happy New Year, and thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me here. I'll just make a quick correction, though. Station Rope is not a blog. It's an agency. Uh, it's a consulting agency that provides uh, services for women entrepreneurs. And so just to kind of like guide it to the right direction. Oh, I see. But you do, and then, uh, and then, thank, and thank you. And then, um, the uh, so tell us more about yourself, how you got started, and we'll go from there. Um, I come from a business consulting background myself. Um, and then five years ago, I moved to the United States. I think actually six now. Uh, I moved to the United States and I realized that all these decades of experience that I brought with me, as well as my degrees that I brought with me, didn't really mean much here because everybody expects you to have an American experience. So there wasn't a table for me to sit by. So I decided to create my own, to create my own space to be able to do that. And I um, incorporated all of my experience in marketing, business consulting, uh, and entertainment to bring it all together. And I started my first business, I'm Entertains. It's an influencer marketing and talent booking agency. Um, and then Station Rove started. So now I think I'm four, four boutique agencies, each one of them focused on something very different and very similar at the same time. Uh, yeah, very fascinating journey. And, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is all about creating your own success and your own freedom, not really depending upon traditional uh, sources. And uh, so tell us, uh, for example, with the challenges that you had you coming and then starting a new year. So the biggest one that I would say would be um, not just starting fresh, but starting fresh in a very different market. Um, we sometimes see, you know, five things that would affect your life 
uh, five ways to do X, Y, and Z. But usually what they mean is five ways for you that for you to do that in the United States or nearby. The markets are very different. And when you go to the country where I'm from, Armenia, even in influencer marketing or marketing in general, the trends that are actually happening in the United States are very different from the trends that you can see that are happening in the, in, in Armenia or in the region. Um, so the hardest part for me has been in the beginning, is in the early stages, the hardest part has been um, understanding and being more patient with learning new trends and new ways of doing business. And what helped me there was the experience of I had a client before in Russia, in Italy, in Armenia, and in Qatar. So it was very different backgrounds as well. And it kind of helped me ease into it. But it was still a big culture shock coming here and understanding how people do business here compared to how it's done in my country. And in really, we'll talk about some of the business trends, you know, um, between the United States and outside. And um, you talk about this uh, with everything going to an all digital world after COVID. Tell us more about this new era of digital entrepreneurship. Is it easier, uh, harder? Oh, much easier. I think we are at the stage where before, if you had to start a business, you had to have money. It was an absolute must. You had to have money for budget, for, for, for a team, for employees, even for an office, for computers, for everything else. Not to mention, you had to have funding for marketing because the only place where you could find people are the places where things were very expensive, like billboards and uh, digital art, like um, actual advertising outside. Um, so what the digital entrepreneurship did, it made it ex more accessible for people. So now you can start a business with $50 in your bank and it can still grow and it can still become a seven figure business. It will take some time, but it will get there. It's really not that hard anymore. And you don't have to have funding. You don't have to have access to big businesses because small businesses are dictating their own rules now. So to me, I think this is going to be a very interesting transition. And I hope that within the next few years, we're going to learn more about vetting professionals and businesses and learning how to how how to how to determine which of them are actually capable of doing the services that they promise and whatnot. So I think that it is great because access is here, but at the same time I think it is going to be a hard transition because there's a lot of um people that are really good at marketing or being personable online. Meanwhile, others that are not uh, are, are being lost in translation. So I think that it's going to take some time for all of us to adjust to things. When you, when you say that remind you were talking about trends earlier on, um, especially what, uh, what sort of trends are you seeing um, in terms of uh, entrepreneurship, building businesses here in the States uh, versus um, uh, back Other home? Countries. So I would say that it very much depends on the country, but um, I would go even into something as trivial as social media. While businesses here are trying to appear more personable, more fun, more Gen Z, more exciting to watch, their content strategy is very different. They're trying to be more personable. Meanwhile, in Armenia, for example, people are still hung up on um, aesthetics of the feed. 
people are still focused on the quality of the images, which is something that is a, it, that's just the way people treat businesses. Like if you don't have certain things, it's just not going to vibe. Um, and people are not keen to present themselves. There's not a lot of personal brands that are coming out. We have a lot of influencers or content creators, but we don't have a lot of personal brands, um, which I think is going to be a change in the next few years over there as well. The next thing I would say is that uh, accounting is the second thing. I remember the first year I started my LLC myself online. I did my, um, not the contract, I actually paid for that one, but I did my LLC myself I was doing my accounting myself I and doing it all through QuickBooks. And it was just very easy until I actually hired the team to help me with my financials. Um, in Armenia, you cannot do that. It's just impossible. The amount of paperwork, the amount of bureaucracy and uh, small little things, reports and things of that nature it does not allow small business owners to transition. Another thing I would say here, taxes are a big thing. People are very cautious about the money that they're making and how they're spending and what they're paying taxes on. Um, in other countries, freelancers are trying to hide the money as much as possible. While here, it's like very, in like you, you just can't. Um, and then... Um, I think the freelancing itself, like being a one person business, like a business of one is a thing here. But right. in other countries, if you're a business of one, you're not really a business. You're a freelancer. That's very different. <laughs> like We have this kind of like shift, I guess, that hopefully is going to affect other places as well, because the U.S. has been trendsetter for a very long time now. So, yeah. It's interesting because uh, what I talk to, you know, a lot of business owners here, they grew up here and then they say there's more regulation, more bureaucracy, and they're saying it's harder and harder. But I mean, and then you talk to uh, entrepreneurs, you know, so it's interesting to get a lay of the land. Um, it really is, you know, and I think that now, especially with social media being so transparent, we have access to more information. Hmm. There, there are no more gatekeeping where we knew that this, you know, the 1% has always been, they always had legal teams and CPAs that were there for them to tell them all about the loopholes in different tax codes. Now, some of those loopholes are coming to light and people are taking advantage of it. So I don't I think that it's very exciting to see how things are being more accessible here. Uh, but I will say the first year when I wasn't making as much at that time, I think it was in like low five figures the first couple of years. Uh, when I was the first year, yeah, low five figures, we were working and I was, I kept everything under one roof. I did it myself. I went to HR blog. They did my taxes. So it really wasn't, it, it wasn't as many hoops that I had to jump through to be able to start a business. Unfortunately, in Armenia, it is so hard that at some point, even when I was thinking about starting a business back home, um, I couldn't do it online. I had to have, uh, I had to be there. I couldn't open a bank account without me actually being there. Even with a power of attorney, you had to have somebody. It's just a longer process and it just make you, it's not adapted to small business owners. 
the culture is very much adapted to medium and um, big businesses, major businesses that are able to afford help in accounting and bookkeeping. The U.S. is not like that. You can be a sole proprietor, you can be a freelancer, and you can still make money and you can still pay your taxes and not have to, you know, stress out about every single thing. Yeah. Sounds like from what you're saying, it's a lot easier here and the boundaries is, uh, it's, um, there's less gatekeeping. And then um, you also talk about, so for example, when you, with, with Zoom and we're able to hire, actually go from in the United States, it's like solopreneur and you're entrepreneur and then you can business owner by um, building a team, you know, like an editor or, you know, accountant, you know, your legal team. What's the best way you see as uh, building a team virtually? We have implemented a lot of different tricks. I think culture comes first. We have imp- we have a few reminders and bots that we use through our work together to make it exciting and interesting for us to work and collaborate. We send each other Friday selfies. We, you know, we talk about like we celebrate wins regularly. We have a chat that is specifically for us just to have fun because again, culture is very important. Um, another thing that we did is um, having people not as a nine to five employees, but giving them freedom in terms of their time within my business. Nice. So they don't have to send three different documents to three different managers to get approved for them to be able to go to a doctor's appointment, uh-huh. which is a, a real thing. Um, so I think that has helped a lot where people realize that it's more flexible when it comes to work. We hold office hours uh, to make sure that people collaborate together. So I think the, the the biggest thing, if like kind of to sum up the whole virtual team thing, um, I think that the when we bring people together, especially if you bring people together from different cultures and different backgrounds, it gives a very wide perspective on different um, topics and the way we do business. So I'm very excited that we have people from six different countries within the team. I it, it really allows us to brainstorm at a more at a wider angle, mm-hmm. um, and everything is very much dependent on culture and making sure that people have time not only to work together but also to have fun together. We host happy hours once a month. Uh, when we all come together online and we just hang out and talk about stuff that is not work. We have, I even have literally right now, I'm just looking at my desk and I have a cocktail that was sent to me by my one of my coworkers that we're going to have this weekend during our happy hours. We're just trying to make it as exciting as possible for us to connect on a, on a, on a not just working level, but also as a team together. We do team activities, we play games, we, you know, we try to interact with each other. Yeah, it's great. And, uh, you know, I love how you foster community and, you know, team building and build a culture. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what, you know, building a business is. And, you know, it's not just the financial, you uh, which you've um, scaled from what, from what I gather five, low five figures now to a seven figures. As we, you know, as we close, I have questions. One is, um, uh, are we all influencers? And uh, tell us more in your um, experience how you view work-life balance. Ooh, these are. Let me go with the work-life balance. I think it's <laughs> going to be the more. <laughs> um, 
I truly believe that work-life balance is a myth. Um, I think that it's something that is being sold to us that it has, and I don't think it exists. Mm. It never does. We have 24 hours in a day. Out of that, eight hours we spend in sleep. More than eight hours we spend at work. Whatever your other eight hours are, it's not dedicated to one thing and one thing only. It's dedicated to your errands, to your family, to your friends, to your commuting, to your cooking, to your chores, to your everything. So there's no way you can actually have a work-life balance. That's not happening. Your time that you put into the work and life aren't the same. They can't be. There is no balance there. But I will say that I think there can be a healthy relationship between life and work. And what I do try to tell my um, clients as well is, you know, with us working, when you start the business, we start the business and then we try to adjust our life around the business. Mm -hmm. I think if we go from the perspective of this is the life that I want, what business ideas that I can do would benefit that goal. I think that changed the perspective. Um, I have always wanted to have a, a restaurant that has been a dream of mine for a very long time. And then I gave up on it mm. because I've realized that if I own a restaurant, I'm going to be anchored to that one place for a very long time. Mm. It's the type of a business that you have to pay attention. Even if you have great team, you need to be very involved. There's a lot of ways for you to waste um, not just food, but like, you know, just to be in a position where things are being sold. Um, so I realized that I will not be able to open my dream business of restaurant. So because I want to travel, mm. I want every quarter to live in a different country. Every single quarter, every three months, I want a new scenery. I want a new community, a new country, something very exciting. And restaurant cannot provide that for me and my family. Um, so that's why the, the businesses that I started have been always online. And even now, this month alone, I'm traveling five times and I can still work from different places. Well, this time around, everything is in, in within the United States. But even outside of the United States, I spent three months this year back in Armenia, back in my home country. And I, it still did not affect my business, my, you know, work with my clients or anything else. So I think just like going from the the business that can provide you the excitement for your life, but still will provide the type of lifestyle that you're looking for. Yeah, very, uh, very with the, I think the best kind of type of business are, are digital businesses. And because like restaurants, the overhead is very high, your margins are low. Uh, you know, it's really, you know, COVID can knock it out really easily. Um, I mean, even digital businesses can be knocked out by COVID, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It's just, if, if you're selling, it was a great experience seeing how COVID has helped people to start businesses. Uh, but I also think that it's, it may be at some point like too much. Yeah. Plus you have to, uh, you know, with, retail you have to compete with you know doordash and amazon and all these um so <laughs> great conversation how can people um follow you visit your website um check you out and contact you so um stationgrove.com is going to be the place where they can find all the information about us our consulting business 
Um, if you want to connect with me directly, you can find me on LinkedIn at Mane Bailey Sarksan, or you can find me on Instagram at Ed Ask Mane Bailey. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, please thank Mane for giving her um, advice and wisdom. Thanks. Uh, be sure to follow her on social, uh, which will be all in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. And thanks for being a great guest. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. you are listening if you like it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week